master and ruler of everything. Glory to your name forever, Lord. Worship in spirit. One way we do that is in other tongues. We sing to the Lord a new song. In a heavenly language. Just worship him in spirit. In spirit and in truth. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. So the fire will burn. Worship in spirit. So that the fire will burn in your spirit.
continue to fill us. And we arise to walk in the fullness of your plan and your purpose. Lord, may your perfect will be done. Your perfect will, dear Father, is what we want. And we thank you that it's coming to pass. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You take your seats. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is alive. We serve a good God. He's working in our lives. We want all that he has. We want all that he is. We're hungry and we're thirsty. Amen. Is that true? Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus? We love him because he first loved us. We thank him for his amazing love. That same love lives in you. You've given your life to him. And he wants to love through you. So, so tell somebody next to you that you love them. Hallelujah. Amen. One thing keeps leading to another. continue to discuss certain things around here, the role of angels in our lives, how to activate them in our lives, so we continue today, take the next step, you know, what's the point of having a, an amazing tool? If you never put it to any good use, you know, what's the use of it? And God has supplied us with certain things, just like the angels of heaven, they want to help us, but a lot of times, we're not putting things to use. Whatever the tools are, we're not using them. Heaven wants to help you. The angels of heaven want to help you. You have to learn to activate these things. If we'll follow certain principles. Activate the realm of the spirit. The power of God. The angels of God. All of these, all of these things begin to go at, at work in your life. So that you can have victory. So that you can walk in the fullness of God's glory. Hallelujah. Last week, 
We begin talking about the importance of sacrifice. We saw in the life of Abraham. King David is also a good example of this. We're going to look at his life. There was a time in his life. It's recorded in 2 Samuel. Chapter 24. If you want to, you can turn there. David had sinned. He was just a man like any of us. And he made a mistake. He got ahead of God. He didn't really seek the will of God. And he just went ahead. And he, he uh, ended up sinning before the Lord. We'll be in 2 Samuel 24 if you're still looking. On account of this sin, there was a plague that broke out in Israel. And the nation actually faced an angel of death. Amen. There are, there are some different kinds of angels. So this angel came to bring judgment. And the city was going to be destroyed. Because of David's sin. Now, how David responded to this is very important. And we can learn from it. When things began to go wrong, he did not make excuses. He took ownership of the problem. He took responsibility. And that's what we must do in our lives. Stop blaming somebody else. Amen. And take responsibility. Whatever's happening in your life is your responsibility. If things aren't going well, it's your responsibility. Amen. David took full responsibility for what was happening. Jerusalem was about to be destroyed. David took responsibility for that. He was instructed to make a sacrifice. Remember last week we started talking about the importance of sacrifice. This is one of the ways you activate the realm of the spirit. Even the angels of heaven 
And they respond in our lives whenever we sacrifice to the Lord. So in the story, we're, again, in 2 Samuel 24, if you're still looking, still looking, see if you'll find it. In this story, there's a man named Arona. And he just wanted to give the king everything he needed for free. Because he's supposed to make a sacrifice to the Lord. He came to Arona's house. And Arona, he just wanted to give him everything. Have it for free. But the, but the king wanted to pay the full price. The full price. Amen. Because it's not sacrifice if it doesn't cost you something. David understood that. So we're going to pick up the story in verse 24. 2 Samuel 24 24 So he, he, the king said to Arona, he's the man said no but I will surely buy it from you for a price nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. See how he took responsibility for what was happening. He said, I'll surely buy it. I'll pay the full price. Because I don't want to offer to God something that costs me nothing. That was his attitude. Nowadays, everybody wants to get something for nothing. They want this generation, the world lives this way. As much as I can get for as least as humanly possible. Something for nothing. And the idea is everybody owes me something. Right? The government owes me something. My parents owe me something. Everybody owes us, right? Wrong. Nobody owes you anything. Amen. We can't be trying to get something for nothing all the time. Even with God. 
We want God to do all these things. We expect him to do so many things. You know, we want to rob the magic lamp. And out comes the magic genie. Three wishes. Your wish is my command. And we think God is like that. Where it's a whole lot of something for a whole lot of nothing. It doesn't work that way. Until you take responsibility for your life, you're going to miss it. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming anybody else. Kids blame their parents. Parents blame their kids. The husband blames his wife. Or she blames him. Everybody's looking for somebody to, to take the rap, take, take the wrong for them. And nothing changes. Nothing changes. People keep waiting around for somebody to do something. But if you will own it, if you'll take responsibility for it, whatever it is, if you'll own it, then with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can find a solution for anything. You'll find God's solution for that problem. For any difficulty you might be facing. And it'll cost you something. Because God will tell you to do something. But any price you pay... To move forward in the things of God is always worth it. Always. It's worth it. Any price you pay to move forward in the things of God is always worth it. Amen. Can we thank God for his word together? We just open our hearts to receive all that God has for us. God wants to speak to you. Ask Him to do that now. God wants to instruct you. He wants to empower you. Ask Him to do that. Father, we thank you for it. We know that your word is alive and full of power. Teach us today. Speak to us, Father. Our hearts are open. We're ready to receive. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless this nation. 
to Jesus. We bless our state. We declare over seek him. Seek him is coming to Jesus. The Prince of Peace rules and reigns right here in Gangtok, right here in this village, in every place represented in this room. Thank you, Father. Your kingdom has come and your perfect will is being done. Honor in this place just as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. We're going to read a few verses here. We'll start in verse 1. One comes before two. Got that? Isaiah chapter 55. Verse 1. Right before verse 2. Let's read this. <clears throat> this is an invitation to abundant life, by the way. God invites us to abundance. How much is that worth? begin here. Ho! Hey! That's the first word in the verse. Y'all look surprised. Ho! Everyone who thirsts. Are you thirsty? Alikati? Alikati? Or kati? How much? How thirsty are you? Hallelujah. Everyone who thirsts, come to the water. You know, only the thirsty come. That's why people don't come sometimes. They're not thirsty. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Wait a minute, what? How does that work exactly? You who have no money. So this especially applies to the youth here this morning. You who have no money, you precious young people. God invites you. He invites all of us. Come. exactly am I supposed to buy and eat? Yes, it says. Come, buy wine and milk. Wine is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Milk is a picture of the Word. Come, buy wine and milk. Without money and without price. 
invites us to come and to buy these things. So we understand there is a cost involved. God, God is not interested in how much money you have. You can't buy these things with money. But it will cost you something. Amen. God has done so much that is free for us. He, Jesus paid the price. That's why you can come and eat for free. The price was already paid. Jesus did that. But if you want to progress, if you want to take another step, then somewhere along the way, you have to say like David said, I don't want to offer to God something that costs me nothing. I'm not interested in taking advantage of God's grace. I don't want to live with the attitude everybody owes me something. No. At some point in our lives, it's time to step up. It's time to pay a price. Amen. Verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Look, everybody's spending money on something. Your wages for what does not satisfy. Now, this is the world. They, they fill their life with all kinds of things. They're not satisfied. They're never satisfied. The flesh is never satisfied. You have to discover what truly satisfies. And go for that. Pursue that. Otherwise, it's never enough. The screen's too big. The screen's too small. Keep scrolling. What's next? What's next? What's next? It's endless. And we're never satisfied. You gotta find out what satisfies. Listen carefully to me. That's what it says here. Listen carefully. And eat what is good. And 
What is good? Look, you feed on all kinds of things. Something's not so good. Feed on what is good. Amen. Now it's orange season. Some orange is not so good. Little worm in there. I say eat it. Tastes like orange juice, probably. My wife won't let me, though. And I'm, I'm under submission. Amen. I'm not going to put something in my mouth that she doesn't want in my mouth. Even though that little worm probably just tastes like orange juice. So I guess it's not so good. Here it says, eat what is good. Eat what is good. Is it good or not? Amen. You can discern that. We discern between good and evil. What are you feeding on? What is your mind thinking about? Is it good or not? Figure that out. Amen. And feed on what is good. Think about what is good. Spend your life and your time on things that are good. That would be Jesus. That would be the things of the Spirit. That would be the Word. The presence of the Lord. These are all good things. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. This is what God wants for us. This is what Jesus died to give you. Abundance. And you, you can let your soul delight itself in abundance. That's satisfaction. That's what God has for us. You have to let that happen for yourself. Sometimes you ought to just consider it. Is my soul delighting in abundance? Have I let my soul, that's my mind, my will, my intellect, have I let that part of me delight in the abundance of God? Delight in abundance. God's abundance. His goodness, all of his mercy, all of his grace, feed on what is good. Verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. So it looks like you're going to follow whatever you listen to. 
incline your ear and come to me. God has to have your ears too. Hallelujah. Here and your soul shall live. If you hear from God, if you're listening to him, if you're thinking his thoughts, your soul will live. If you listen to the wrong voices, your soul will shrivel up and die. It'll become like that, like a raisin. What does that word for? We, we figured out what that was. Oh, what is that? What are we talking about? Dry. Super dry. Right? We Look, you can either have a dry, dead soul. Or you can have a soul that lives and delights in abundance. What are you listening to? What are you feeding on? That makes the difference. God said, here I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Amen. It's clear from this passage. There are some really great things available. Amen. Great things from God. Available to all of us. If we'll just be willing to pay the price. Amen. What's the price? What's it, what's it going to cost? You know, Jesus, he said something similar to the one of the churches in Revelation chapter 3. And we're not going to turn there, but you can look if you want to sometime on your own. The Laodicean church. He told them to buy certain things from him. Amen. You gotta be willing to pay the price. Look at something else Jesus said. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. This is the parable of the hidden treasure. Jesus loved to tell these stories. Here's a story about some hidden treasure. And Jesus says here, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Like treasure hidden in a field. Which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Why would he do that? It's because what was in that field is worth more than everything he has. Amen. 
that treasure. He found it and he hid it. And he knew that treasure is more valuable than everything I possess. So he sells all that he has. And he goes and he buys that field. Because it was worth it. Right? The treasure is worth it. It's more valuable than anything you possess. It's worth it. But you're going to have to pay for it. That means you got to lay something down so that you can have that treasure. It's more valuable. So you got to decide what is of less value? What things are inferior? And they're not, they don't even come close. The value of the treasure that we're talking about. Nothing else comes even close. The man sold all of his possessions. So he could have that one treasure. We continue reading. Verse 45 through 46, Jesus tells another story. The parable of the pearl of great price. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, He went and sold all that he had and bought it. Why would he do such a thing? Why? What would what would possess a person? To sell it all. Just to get one pearl. Why? It's because that one pearl is worth more than anything. You don't lose. When you give certain things up, when you put certain things aside, in order to pursue God, you don't lose. Amen. There's no bad deals with God. God is not going to, he's not trying to cheat you. Like, oh, you thought this was valuable, huh? And then you feel bad. Or maybe you spent a lot of money or something and you found out it's like, it's not even original. You ever buy something like that? And one week it's broken? Man, it looks so good. But it was a cheap piece of garbage. But God's not going to cheat you. 
There's no bad deals with him. Whatever you give up, whatever you let go of, so that you can have him, you never lose. Amen. We can conclude. The things of God are worth any price. That's because the things of God are priceless. That means no sacrifice is too great. And as I mentioned, it's not a sacrifice unless it costs you something. So you have to be willing to pay the price yourself. You understand? Don't wait for someone else to pay your way. Amen. You won't have any friends that way. Right? You can't be waiting for someone else always to pay your way. Amen. You have to pay the price. Sometimes it'll cost you. Your time. It'll cost you. Is it worth it? Yes. Lay aside that time. Give that time to Jesus. Trade the things of the spirit for the things of this world. Turn it off, other things, whatever it is, turn it off. And give it to Jesus. It'll cost you your time. It's worth it. It'll cost you your comfort. Amen. Is it worth it? Yes. You never lose with God. As uncomfortable as something is. If you just do it for Jesus. You don't lose. Trade your comfort. When you go to share the gospel with someone might feel a little uncomfortable. I don't know how to talk to people. They might think I'm weird. That's okay. We all know you're weird. So don't worry about it. Amen. Open your mouth. Be a little uncomfortable. Uh, I stutter a little bit, but get it out. I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Ah, it feels so uncomfortable. Is it worth it? Yes, yes, yes. A hundred thousand times, yes, it's worth it. It's worth the cost. Whatever comforts. 
your resources. Okay, your time, your money, it'll cost you. Pursuing the things of God is not cheap. God's not cheap. He's worth everything. Now, Jesus, he actually told one guy, sell everything you have, come and follow me, then you can be my disciple. The Bible says he went away sad. Why? Because he had great possessions. And he was unwilling to put all the things down and follow Jesus. He lost. He missed it. Had he followed the Lord, how much he would have gained Amen. Amen. It'll cost you your pride. Amen. It'll cost you to ask forgiveness, to say you're sorry. Guess, guess what it costs you? Your pride to humble yourself. It costs you. Your ego has to die. Is it worth it? Yes. Absolutely yes. Whatever the cost, Jesus is always worth it. Back to that example of David. We started off in 2 Samuel 24, remember? We read verse 24. Go to verse 25. It says, David built there an altar to the Lord. He offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. plague was stopped. Amen. You know, sometimes things are happening. It's not the will of God. A plague is not the will of God. Destruction is never the will of God. How do we end it? How do we stop these things? David did his part. David presented his offering. The Lord saw it. He heeded that sacrifice. And the plague was withdrawn. Now, on account of this sacrifice, the same incident is recorded in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. You know, Samuel and Chronicles are like the same stories being repeated. You ever wonder why? Why? Why do we have to read the same stories twice? 
because God wants you to give something. First Chronicles 21, verse 27, it says, So the Lord commanded the angel, and he returned his sword to its sheath. 21-27. The angel had respect for the sacrifice. Listen, your sacrifice is seen too. Your sacrifices make a difference. They're making a difference right now in your life. Just like God saw Abraham. Just like he saw David. He sees you. Your willingness to sacrifice something. To give certain things up. To lay things down. Your willingness to do that. To give of yourself. It's very precious in the sight of God. And he rewards such things. Amen. What do I have to give? What can I possibly give to the Lord? It all begins with your heart. Amen. Jesus said, these people draw near to me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. You understand that? They draw near with their mouth. They say all the right things. They pray the right prayer. They sing the right song. But their hearts. It all begins with your heart. If you give him your heart, everything else will follow. We'll close with this verse. Psalm chapter 51. Verse 17. Psalm 51, 17. says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. So what can I give to God? What sacrifice can I offer to Him? Is your broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart? These, O oh God, you will not despise. God just wants your heart. Not your hard heart. Your broken heart. Not a heart lifted up in pride. But a contrite spirit. Amen. You can't come to God so full of yourself. 
to him empty of ourselves. Then he can fill us. This is what God wants more than anything else. Your life, your heart, that you offer that to him. Just as it is. Broken. If you'll do that, the Bible says this, God never despises. Our lives are offered to him in obedience. That's what God is really looking for. Remember the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. That's how we offer our life to God. Is by obeying Him. Obeying His word. Heeding His voice. Doing whatever He says to do. This is how we live for Him. And anything you have to give up in order to do that. always worth it. Always. Amen. You can stand with me. Let's thank God.